0: Good morning, it's Thursday, February 15th, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories and other important things in our community. Today, earlier this week, Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs engaged in a conversation with the governor in Sierra Vista, focusing on a range of issues pertinent to Cochise County. Before we begin, some Arizona Trivia. You know that Gary Shandling was an influential comedian from Arizona. His career spanned acting, writing, directing, and producing, transforming television comedy with his innovative shows. Shandling pivoted from marketing to comedy after encouragement from George Carlin. His stand-up career led to frequent hosting on The Tonight Show, making him a household name. Shandling created Its Gary Shandling Show and The Larry Sanders Show, the latter earning him a primetime Emmy for writing. His work, spanning four decades, included significant roles in film and voice acting, culminating in 19 Primetime Emmy and two Golden Globe nominations. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Benson Hospital. Benson Hospital now has three locations for primary care services. Let their compassionate providers care for your entire family. Your health starts here. Call to schedule an appointment today at 520-720-6551. Now our future story. Earlier this week, Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs engaged in a conversation with the governor in Sierra Vista, focusing on a range of issues pertinent to Cochise County. This session, which took place at the Klein Performing Arts Center, was marked by a significant emphasis on border security, a topic brought into sharp relief by the presence of protesters outside the venue advocating for stringent immigration controls akin to those of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Governor Hobbs addressed these concerns head on. She reiterated her commitment to not politicize the border issue, unlike what she perceives as a common trend among politicians. Her approach has included direct engagement with border communities, conversations with local law enforcement, and efforts to facilitate support from the state level. Notably, Hobbs highlighted her communication with Arizona's congressional delegation and a key meeting with Alejandro Mayorkas, the Department of Homeland Security chief, which led to a promise of enhanced communication between Border Patrol and local communities. Despite these efforts, Hobbes expressed frustration with political obstacles, particularly pointing out the recent rejection by House Republicans of a bill that would have linked border funding with support for Ukraine and Israel. She criticized certain politicians' visit to the border as mere photo ops while they simultaneously opposed legislation that could provide real solutions. The governor also tackled economic concerns, emphasizing the importance of addressing the workforce gap in Arizona. With an eye on the future, she outlined her administration's focus on increasing post-secondary attainment and partnering with community colleges for workforce development, notably through initiatives like the Drive 48 program with electric vehicle manufacturer Lucid. Moreover, Hobbs touched upon the significance of tourism and public safety, outlining investments aimed at altering perceptions of the border regions as unsafe. She stressed her commitment to serving all of Arizona, not just the urban centers, and highlighted the untapped potential of the state's southeastern corner. Concluding her remarks, Governor Hobbs underscored the crucial role of military installations like Fort Huachuca in both national defense and the local economy, reaffirming her support for these institutions. For more coverage on the event, make sure to visit myheraldreview.com. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Hi, this is
1: Didi Rodriguez, the Executive Director here at Prestige Assisted Living. Did you know heart disease is the number one cause of death among older adults? But here at Prestige Assisted Living in Sierra Vista, we take the health and wellness of our residents to heart. We are offering a free guide on heart health for older adults on our website. Visit PrestigeCanHelp.com to download your free guide today. Again,
0: that is PrestigeCanHelp.com. Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite segment inside the Daily Chirp Podcast. It is time once again for Game of the Week, where we get to cover the best of preps with the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, Bruce Wetton. Bruce, it's the postseason, it's the preseason, it's all of it coming together at one time. And I don't even know where you want to start today, man. I want to start with football again. Uh, wh- why
1: not? Well, the Super not- Bowl. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> On the way up here today, I got some interesting news, and I drive in and talk in the text, and I confirmed former Bisbee High School football coach, Sean Holly has a new home, Rio Rico High School. He's a new football coach at Rio Rico High School. Oh, my goodness. He has been hired as a football coach at Rio Rico. After one year. After at- one year at Bisbee. He's not going to be the athletic director, but he's going to be in some teaching capacity. And my spies over there are trying to figure out what he's going to be teaching. We'll be reaching out to Mr. Hawley here later on today. But on the way up here, a friend of mine said this and said, I thought you might be interested. It's like, heck yeah, I'm interested. We'll lead off the show with that.
2: Wow, huge so, deal for Rio Rico. So
1: Benson has a new football coach. Wilcox's search is underway. Bisbee's search is underway. But Sean Hawley, he replaces Jeff Skurran, who, after back to back years ago on four and six at Rio Rico, did not turn the program around the way he anticipated. Step down and Sean's gonna have it tough over there because Rio Rico is hard to recruit. You can draw from Nogales, but Nogales has been struggling too, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. So, I thought an interesting tidbit to start off today's show. Absolutely, but I want to do some serious bragging here, Jeff. We have 37 wrestlers going to state this weekend in Phoenix. Woo-hoo. Male and female. And it's up nine from last year. We had 28 last year. I was going to say, that sounds like a lot more than last yeah, year. Yeah, 37. And of the 37, six are sectional champions. Wilcox's Cash McCumber, no surprise. Orrin Alsop. no surprise. Ed Tingle, no surprise. Tombstone's Wyatt Eddy, no surprise. Brock Santa Maria. no surprise. And then Buenos-Nate Angle, sectional champion. So, as a team breakdown, Wilcox is sending 10 male and female wrestlers to state, Buena and Benson, 7 each, Tombstone and Douglas, 5 each, Valley Union and Bisbee, 2 each, and even St. David is sending a wrestler to state. All 8 of my school's qualified wrestlers for state this weekend in Phoenix, which begins Thursday and runs through Saturday, Jeff. Fantastic. What a great opportunity for them. What great representation for Cochise County. We're going to be all over the mats up there in Phoenix this weekend at Veterans Memorial Coliseum. So excited for these kids, man. I mean, Sunday I was gathering the information, and they kept coming in, coming in. I'm thinking, these are definitely higher and better than last year. And sure enough, we topped it by nine. Amazing. With that being said, hats off to them. Wishing the best of luck this weekend. And now we're going to segue over to baseball. Wait, wait, wait. It's baseball <laughs> season, Bruce. <laughs> well, don't forget, Coach East is already playing. That's true. And they actually... They began the year, if you remember, one and three. Yeah. Since then they've gone nine and one. They actually pulled off a very big sweep on Tuesday and we were there for that at home against Eastern Arizona College. Game game one of the series yesterday, they were tied two two in the seventh inning. Game one's only a seven because on the doubleheaders, the first games are seven, second games are nines. So game one, they were tied two two, top seven. Eastern comes up, boom, 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 scores three runs, they go up five Whoa. two and it's like uh oh. Cochise rallied again. Four runs in the bottom of the seventh. Walk-off single by Kenny Rain, who doubled in the winning run. Cochise prevailed 5-4. It lifted them and sparked them to a 10-0 win in the next game. Tyson Noel struck out 10, walked two, and threw a two-hit shutout in the second game. That also was stopped after seven now because of the 10-run mercy rule. So, Cochise is 2-0 in ACCAC play. They're now... Ten and four overall, but they've won nine of their last ten at the beginning one and three, Jeff. Ooh, passed wow. off to the Apache. So, Todd Engelhart, I think, has found, found the chemistry for this team. But we're going to find out just how good they are this weekend because they go to Coolidge to face Central Arizona College, a nationally powerhouse team every year. Central, if I recall right, finished third in the nation last year. So, it'll be a good test for them. But it's been fun to watch them play again and like I said in Game One, when they went down five to two, I—I I mean four to two—I almost left. No, when they went down five to two, I take it back. When they went down five to two, I almost left, but I thought, you know, last time I left, I missed the walk-off, so I stayed for the bottom of the seventh. Five to three, five to four, Tyen runs on second base. He comes around and scores on a base hit. Next thing I know, to get hit the base hit. He's now on second. Next batter comes up, boom, and they the celebration was on, and we actually got it. So we'll have pictures galore in the Friday edition of the Herald Review and also online at myheraldreview.com. But a great game yesterday. But while that being said, a great game, we had a not-so-great weekend in basketball this past weekend. Uh, Arizona Western came to Douglas to play the Apaches in basketball. It was a Friday-Saturday doubleheader. This game is always a matchup of two very tough teams that really do not like each other. And uh, very physical, very tough game for both teams. So the coaches men, they lost on Friday, eighty-one to seventy, but they came back and won on Saturday, seventy-eight to sixty-five, earning a weekend split. Well, the women, they had been on a roll of twelve straight games coming into the game, and the question is, could they get to thirteen and fourteen? Well, they got to thirteen, okay, because they beat Western on Friday, sixty to fifty-five. But Unlucky 13 reared its head on Saturday and they stumbled fifty one to forty nine. We were there for the Saturday game, and Coachese's shots were just not falling that good that night. That afternoon, actually, it was an afternoon game. They I think they were one of thirteen from three point range and something like thirty two percent from the field goal range. And you're not gonna win a game that way. No. The one highlight of the entire weekend series for tuna de the Basketball player from Cameroon, she extended her uh, streak of double-double games now to 10 straight games. So she had double-double Friday, double-double Saturday, consecutive games this weekend. Such a dominant force. She has to be player of the year again for ACCAC. But again, they're only halfway through the season, and so we'll see what happens here. So great weekend for the baseball team, basketball team split. And uh, we have recaps online at myheraldreview.com and in the uh, Wednesday edition of the Herald Review. And we're also now underway with the state playing games. Now, last week, numerous media agencies throughout the state of Arizona reported these were state playing games, and the AIA sent out a statement to all media outlets these are not state playing games. They're playing games for the state tournament. The state playing games would mean they'd be sponsored by the AIA, charged AIA admission fees. Playing games for the state tournament means they're hosted by the schools. Schools charge their own admission fees. And any broadcast rights are handled through the school, whereas state broadcast rights are handled through the state. So these are playing games for the state tournament. Good to so, make that
2: differentiation and clarification. Well,
1: and actually, because I, I actually had in one of my headlines a state playing game. And I, as soon as I got that email, I went back and I took it out because it was like, you know, he's, he's got a point. Yeah. And we were just assuming they are state playing exactly. games. yeah. But they are playing games for the state to tournament to qualify for the state tournament. Exactly. So, and with that being said, uh, last week we talked about Douglas going to Australia Foothills to play in a playing game for the state tournament, and I was concerned about this game going in because Australia Foothills have been on that roll of fifty-one to two. If I stand corrected right on my stats, Douglas prevailed two to nothing. So they have qualified for the state play. They have qualified for the state tournament. And actually Douglas left Douglas this morning at 7 a.m. to go to Prescott today, the day of the taping of the show, to play Prescott Badgers tonight in the 4A first round of the first round of the 4A state tournament. So Douglas is off to the state tournament. Buena Girls Soccer headed to Ironwood Ridge last weekend for a play-in game for the state tournament. And Buena prevailed four to two on penalty kicks to qualify for state. So, Buena is headed to? Chaparral. Scottsdale, Chaparral. We need to put that. People say, where are these schools at? Well, so now I learned to put the city in front of there. Scottsdale, Chaparral. And Buena's leaving today at noon to go play Wednesday evening up there in the first round of the state tournament. So, we wish the Colts, we wish the Bulldogs well Wednesday and anxious to see what they can do. We had two other play-in games last week. Both on the boys' side, and believe it or not, I guess it was a it was a good day for the girls and a bad day for the boys because Douglas boys lost their state play-in game to Scottsdale Saguaro by a score of one to nothing, and Buena boys soccer lost to Sunrise Mountain by a score of two to one. So boys soccer for Buena and Douglas is now over. They're now turning their attention to their sports. Other games from last week: girls basketball play-in game for the 2A. Tombstone hosted Rancho Solano Prep. They prevailed 49-38 to 38 over an electric crowd at Tombstone High School. Oh, man, what an amazing atmosphere that was, Jeff. It was so fantastic to watch these girls play so well and win. And they are so excited to be going to state. Uh, I talked to the coach over the weekend. They, uh, they'll play at noon Friday, and we'll talk about their upcoming opponent here in just a minute. But they're so excited to be going into uncharted territory. They're going to go in and just see what happens, and it's all icing on the cake because their goal was to make state, and they've done it. But what Thomas Valenzuela has done to this program in three years, I remember when he first took over, I had just started back with the Herald Review, and every year his record has improved. He's improved. And he's still got one of his best players, Rachel Thursby, coming back for her senior year, so we'll see what they can do. So anyway, Tombstone is off to the state tournament. Wilcox girls, unfortunately, came up short. They lost to Marincy 58-56. to They are out. And Marinci advances to the state tournament. Friday night in Douglas, we had a very unusual game where Bisbee came down and they hosted Glendale Prep, and we were there and I was amazed at how full the Douglas gym was with the with the crowd. It was fuller than I expected. It was about as loud as I expected, and uh, I found out after the game the tip off, which was at seven o'clock, Bisbee showed up at five o'clock for a shoot around, get the feel of the court, and everything else. This game was very entertaining. It was 23-23 at halftime, 35-35 going into the fourth quarter, at which time Bisbee goes on a 23-7 to run in the fourth to blow the game open, and they ended up beating Glendale Prep 58-42. to They are on to the state tournament. Their upcoming opponent is going to be a, a bear, no pun intended, but we'll talk about that in just a second. But real fast here, the highlight of the night, Sebastian Lopez game high twenty eight points. Oh he was, my goodness! He was torching the net. He was torching the net. Jose Mendez had an off night. And he only scored fourteen. But Mendez, Lopez was in the zone that night, and he was burning it from the three. He was burning it from the deuce. He was hitting from the free throw line. He was getting rebounds. So Sebastian Lopez, I mean, he had an outstanding game, and uh, very happy to see him play. But. They really enjoyed playing in Douglas, and so I kidded them. I said, Coach Hernandez, I said, you're 2-0 at Cochise College. You're one know in Douglas. Maybe you should consider playing all your home games at quote-unquote neutral size. And, but they're anxious to get back in their own gym, and they course, both yeah. said the same thing. They said, you know, it's unfortunate we can't play in our gym. But they were just appreciative of the hospitality. And I had to laugh because, I mean, they were at Douglas High School, as we said, and the Bulldog logos on the court. and I had the Bulldogs on the scoreboard. And we have a scores table that has a big old bulldog on it that lights up. but well, they covered it up with red. And so it was like, hey, we're cool with that. Absolutely. But I was amazed at how many Douglas people came out to watch the Bisbee Pumas. And I talked with them, and it's a lot like U of A and ASU. We'll cheer for each other when you're not playing each other. So a lot of Douglas fans came out where they're cheering for the Pumas, and they left quite impressed. Well, especially with a performance like that. My oh, gosh. Lopez, man. He's he was profiled, and we'll be talking more about him later on in the show as well. But anyway, other scores from that night. Um, the St. David girls basketball team, they continued their hot streak. They beat Salome 48-25. to 25. They're now in the 1A state semifinals. They will play Friday at 4 p.m. against St. Michael's against the winner of the Joe City-Moguillon other semifinal game. The 1A state championship game will be on Saturday and uh, we'll be covering that extensively. Should St. David, we'll be covering both games. I should say, but for sure, Saturday state championship game should they get there. Joseph City, they had snow up in northern Arizona, so their game with Valley Union was delayed from Friday to Tuesday. So they played last night, and they smoked Valley Union fifty to eighteen. It was oh. running clock the entire fourth quarter. It was close for the first four minutes. I was able to watch the game on the NFHS network, and it was close for the first four minutes, and then all of a sudden. Joseph City just took over. I had texted a friend of mine who was texting me throughout the course of the game. I said, Valley not going to hit 20, and they didn't. They hit 18, and that was you know, just so unfortunate. So their season comes to an end, but we're excited for the Tigers, as expected. It's the one, two, three, and four season, in the semifinals, Jeff, as it should be. That's awesome. So one will play four, two will play three, and we can only hope Joseph City and St. David will get to the finals. And I did check last night. St. David beat Joseph City during the regular season head-to-head. Right. Head. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. So anyway, um, as we had mentioned previously, Douglas is headed for soccer, Prescott for Wednesday night for soccer. Wayner girls will be at Scottsdale Chaparral. Now the, the Bisbee boys, for their, vict- for their reward, for their win, they get to play the Phoenix Country Day School at 9 a.m. in Prescott. Does that name ring a bell, Jeff? It sure does. That was the team that bounced them last year out of the state playoffs. Oh, my God. And they not only bounced them, they spanked them and pushed them literally out the door. It was a physical, physical game. There was technicals, intentional fouls, and darn near a few fights at the end of the game. So, on Saturday, when the brackets were announced, I reached out to Coach Hernandez. And he said, to be honest with you, he said, we expected to play them again. The Phoenix Country Day School Bears, that's where I said they got a bear of an opponent. He said, we expected to play them again. And he said, we're going up there with redemption on our mind. And uh, he said, they knocked. It. we were one game away from the semis last year. They knocked us out. But he said, it was the way they were treated by the players. He said, they didn't appreciate it. And they're going to go back up this year to make a statement. And God only hopes they can. I hope they can. Because, I mean, I was sure they'll see Bisbee get out of that first round again. But they've got a very daunting task. Because Phoenix Country Day had that first round bye. Whereas Bisbee played that play-in game. So, Bisbee didn't really get any injuries out of that playing game. They got the work in, so hopefully they just kept the flow going where Phoenix may be a little bit rusty. But you got a 12-seed Bisbee playing a 5-seed PCD. It'll be an upset. But, again, Bisbee can do it, especially if Mendez and Lopez are they in get the zone. They those hot hands, yeah. But those two athletes were there last year. PCD knows about them. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I will say this about Glendale Prep. They had done their homework because they shut down Mendez. That, they had some big dude on him. It had to be a six four, six five kid, and he was having a hard time getting off shots. And actually, most of the shots came from the outside. And the only time Bisbee got inside was when he was on the bench in foul trouble.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, you can't go inside
1: when you're going yeah. against a 6'5". He blocked athlete. numerous shots, but so did Sebastian. I will say, Sebastian said one block up into the stands. Uh, several people had to dodge him because the ball came flying <laughs> at him. And it happened to be on the opposite end of the court, so I couldn't shoot it. But I did get a chance to see it, and they gave me a chuckle when they were dodging out of the way of the basketball, flying at them. So with that being said, um, the Tombstone Girls are going to play Friday against San Carlos. So the Bisbee boys will play at 9 a.m. in Prescott. The Tombstone Girls are going to play at 12 noon in Prescott against San Carlos at Finlay Toyota Center in Prescott Valley, I should say. So these are actually all state-playing games. And if they win on Friday, they'll play in the second round on Saturday. If they win there, then they'll come back next week for the semis and finals. And so while that's going on, the Buena boys basketball team is headed to Scottsdale Chaparral Friday for a play-in game for the state tournament against the Firebirds. Very exciting time right now for these teams. We're anxious to see what all they can do in the state tournaments. I'd really like to see Tombstone get a first-round win. I'd like to see Bisbee get a first-round win. Buena get into the state tournament, and I think Buena can with the boys basketball and then, of course, Blaine and, girls soccer, Blaine and Douglas Girls Soccer. Just to have all these teams still competing right now, it's, it's fascinating. But what's so unfortunate is uh, a lot of these athletes are, are multi sports athletes. So baseball and softball practice has already begun. Baseball and softball seasons begin next week. So a lot of these teams are minus key players, a.k.a. Sebastian Lopez, who's a three-sport athlete, who's not even thinking baseball right now because he's so focused on basketball, as he should be. But, um, you know, St. David Girls, a lot of their girls play softball, and they're powerhouse in softball. So anxious to see what they can do. So we'll see what happens with that. So this coming week, Benson, Buena, and Tombstone are at the Cowboy Up Baseball Tournament in Tucson. Douglas will be at the D-backs Classic in Phoenix. Bisbee and Wilcox will be at various tournaments in northern Arizona. Douglas Softball has its season opener next Wednesday at home against Shoya, and then they head to Phoenix for a three-day tournament. Buena Softball, Benson Softball, Wilcox Softball all be in the CDO Classic next weekend. And then Cochise College has a very big game in basketball next week. They're hosting Scottsdale next Wednesday night. And what's, what's at Scottsdale? Jake Smith of Buena. Oh, that's right. He's coming home, and that's he's right. actually Jake is actually playing this year for the Artichokes. He's got stats that are showing up in the stat line. Fantastic! So we'll get a chance to see Buena's own Jake Smith from two years ago come back to Cochise. So I will for sure be there to hook up with Jake when he comes down to Cochise and talk with him. But I was pleasantly surprised to see he is he has started six of the twenty one games as of this this is taping, and. Um, He has stats in the stat box, so he is getting some playing time. So I'm anxious to see Jake come home, and I'm pretty sure the Buena fans will come down and help fill the gym a little fuller. And then we also kick off tennis and track next week as well, believe it or not. So, I mean, here we are overlapping again. I'm so excited about this Athletes of the Week, Jeff. I'm so excited. Um, First of all, we're honoring three of them this week, and one of them is a brother tandem. But the first one I want to talk about is Sebastian Lopez, currently deserving of it. He is currently second on the team in scoring behind Mendez, averaging 15.6 per, per game. He leads the team in rebounds, averaging 8.2, and he's second in assists and steals behind Mendez. Going into Friday's game against Glendale Prep, Lopez had scored 739 points. He has 264 rebounds, 94 assists, and 70 steals. And he still has one year of high school eligibility left. Nice. In his in my interview with him after the game, his goal is to tie Gabby for 1,000 points, his sister. Can you imagine? The, <laughs> the brother-sister yeah. combo, 1,000-point scorers. And as Gabe Lopez, the dad, said, he said, what can I say? We like basketball. And Sebastian's a three-sport athlete. He was a 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard passer for football. He plays baseball. His first love is football. That's where he's going to try to make his future at. But, I mean, a gifted athlete. But to see him put on the performance that he did Friday night was just magical. And, uh, I mean, I was so pleased that we were there to see it. Gave us some amazing pictures that we ran in the Herald review with his story, which is online. And so hats off to Sebastian. <laughs> but the question is, who's going to have the more points between him or Gabby? And, uh you know, I asked Dad, I said, who's the better athlete? And he said, uh-uh. He said, they're both good. He said, they both have their, you know, so he praised them both in the story. But Mike Hernandez, the coach at Bisbee High School, was very happy to have Sebastian on his team, and he's even happier to have him one more year. When Mendez leaves, this will be Sebastian's team next year. The other athletes we honored, we honored them this past Sunday in the Herald Review. Um, this is a name that you're familiar with as well. But it was something I decided to do because it was not your average Athlete. We honored my cousins, Lane and JD Wetton. And the reason we honored them was Lane's a senior, JD was a freshman, and they're both contributing. And it was so nice to see them both on the court at the same time. And to make this combination even better, their dad, Chris, is an assistant coach at Wilcox High School. So we talked with Lane, we talked with JD, and we talked with Chris. And then I also talked with the Wilcox basketball coach, Paul McGinnis, about this this combination. And he told me, he said, I don't just bring any freshmen up to my team. He said, the freshmen I do bring up have to bring something to contribute. So J.D. is only a freshman, but he's a leading scorer in the JV, and he comes up and plays sparing minutes for the varsity. But when he's in there, he makes things happen. And he's in the stats for the varsity, not in double figures, but he's as a freshman you shouldn't be. Your double figure stats are in JV where you should be. But he's getting the growth, he's getting the experience. Wilcox concluded their season this past week with a loss, and so they're out. But I'm happy to report that Lane finished the year reporting double double. 12.8 point per game and 11 point rebounds per game were his season ending stats. So very proud of him. Whereas JD, the freshman, finished averaging four points per game and 3.5 rebounds per game. And we know darn good and well those numbers are going to go up next year. But I talked to dad, I said, What's it like in the family? He said, these boys will will compete over a bowl of cereal. And so uh, I thought it was kind of neat, something different, not your average story. So we honored the Tingles, Ed and Abby, and then we honored J.D. and Lane. And uh, so there's a lot of siblings out there that are playing together in different sports or playing on the same team. But it was so cool to sit down and talk with these three when they were at Cochise College. And talk with them about the nine dynamics, of playing together. Lane was saying when J.D.'s on the court, he really likes it because he says, he knows what I'm going to do and I know what he's going to do. We have that connection. And so I'm laughing. One of, the shows we ran, one of the shots we ran in the paper, Lane is guarding Mendez. And while he's guarding him, he's got one hand guarding him he's got the other hand guiding his brother and some of the other guys where to go. And so we got a shot of three Wilcox players guarding two Bisbee players under the basket. Lane was a team captain this year for the Cowboys. So um, hats off to them. And um, so that's basically it in a nutshell. Postseason honors are starting to come down. Uh, We have some accolades that we will reveal next week for Buena, for St. David. We're waiting to see. Bisbee hasn't been announced yet because they're still playing. Tombstone girls have not been announced yet because they're still playing. And And then Buena boys basketball, we're still waiting to see. Exciting time of year, but, I mean, I'm so stoked to have baseball here, and especially now that Cochise is doing so well again. And I might add real fast here, the Apache baseball team is home next Tuesday hosting Yavapai College. That'll be a good game because that's Todd Englehart's former school. But the question will be how can the Apaches do this weekend against CAC and then next Tuesday at home against Yavapai and then, of course, Wednesday basketball against Scottsdale. There's no admission charge to the Cochise College basketball games or baseball games. So if you get a chance, go out and support these kids. They do have a good product this year, and it appears that East Baseball is going to be a good team again. And As always is, Coachy's Basketball is always a good team, Jeff. But my stat of the week is a 37 wrestlers for state, man. That's yeah. that's that's the
2: headline for sure.
1: Oh, my goodness, man. That is phenomenal. And I oh, I would love to have 37 place. It's going to be tough to do, but we'll let the wrestlers decide what happens. I, I do have to share this story real fast here. Um, Jacob Weichel of Tombstone was wrestling for the championship. And this came from his coach. I wasn't there to see it, but this came from his coach. He was wrestling for the championship at heavyweight, and he pinned the kid. And he should have won the championship. But when he pinned him, he slammed him. And it was a penalty. So he took away the pin, gave the kid the penalty point, and Jacob ended up losing by four points. Mm. So technically speaking, we would have had another sectional champion, but Jacob, he ended up being a little too aggressive on this pin, unfortunately, ended up costing him, but still tough break second place. But the nice thing is, his coach told me that with that loss, he's now in the opposite end of the bracket from last year's state champion. So now, if they work together, he'll meet last year's state champion in the finals. So, redemption is coming his way, we can only hope. So, we'll be on top of the wrestling stats this weekend. MyTrackWrestling.com is I'll be watching that Saturday and Sunday. And as soon as I can get information posted online, I will invite you to stay tuned and stay on top of it. 37, wrestlers of State, man. That is so sweet, Jeff.
2: Oh, well, most importantly, congratulations to your favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs, winning. And-
1: <laughs> that was the worst Super Bowl ever. <laughs> I ended up watching the half of the game with a sound off because I forgot Tony Romo was the announcer. <laughs> and um, he gets a little too... Hyperbolic. You know, a little okay. Hyperbolic. And um, I will say it was a great game. I was cutting to see overtime. I like the new overtime rules. Yes. And what a play to end the game. I mean, that reminded me of the Philadelphia special. Yeah. And um, very similar. Yeah, very similar. I can't deny Kansas City's a good team, but it sure stinks that they won on the Raiders home field, man. But
2: Yeah, but the Raiders beat them in Kansas City this season. Yeah. Wow.
1: But that's I mean I all right. <laughs> anyway, but it was Bruce a good game. Bruce is speechless. It was a good game, and like I said, I felt bad for the 49ers because they had their chances. If they hadn't missed that one extra point, it would have never gone no time.
2: I don't know. I'm one of those people who thinks whoever had the ball last was going to win, and even if they had kicked the extra point or, I should say, made the extra point, I still think Kansas City would have had the ball last, and they would have won in, well, in regulation.
1: I just— I hope they keep this new overtime rule because I didn't like the one rule that if you score a field goal, it continues. If you score touchdowns, and I mean, we almost were—we th- were three seconds away from going to a second quarter for overtime. And what people didn't realize was that had the quarter began, it would have began where the ball was at that point. So it's not like they would have started a quarter over again. With a again. re-kick or—yeah. Yeah, it would have just continued on from the three so— If they hadn't scored in the final three seconds, they'd have probably scored in the first ten seconds of the second period. Yeah, but again, they left Mahomes too much time on the clock, and that was one thing. When I saw that, I thought thirteen
2: seconds is too much time for Mahomes on the clock. I have to give him credit;
1: he is a good quarterback, and I, I I I will give credit where credit is due. But
2: hey, as a Raider fan, that's very big of you, Bruce.
1: Well, I'm just I'm stoked right now because you know what else is happening Sunday. Daytona 500. Oh, that's right. NASCAR's back. NASCAR's back. And that's another thing I like watching. And so Sunday while I'm tracking wrestling, I'm going to have two TVs on in my house watching NASCAR. One in the back room, one in the front room. And I'll be following the race. Oh, oh, oh. And I forgot to add real fast, and I'm glad we're still in here that I could share this. I want to give a shout out real fast to Matthias Lacombe, our former coaches College athlete. He has officially reported the spring training for the Chicago White Sox in Camelback Ranch in Glendale. No way. So, Matthias Lacombe, he has begun his professional baseball career in Glendale and uh, with the Chicago White Sox. He was actually at Cochise out there, and I had a chance to talk with him briefly, and he has officially reported. So, we'll be following him to see where he ends up being assigned I know he's not going to go majors his first year, but we'll find out what minor league program he's in, and we'll be providing updates with that. So, fantastic! Best of luck to him. So we'll end it on a high note with her. Absolutely, Apache going pro.
2: That's awesome, and the greatest high note of all is being able to support these young athletes as they head into the playoffs, as they start their brand new seasons. And we know, Bruce, you will have it covered all for us in the Herald Review Media in print, online at myheraldreview.com and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. As we just talked about, so many games happening in our neck of the woods, and if any are happening near you in your neck of the woods, please consider going to cheer on these young student athletes because it means the world to them to have their community Community support from the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldies station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. And now we will send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp. <music>
0: Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop ace for. First, Sierra Vista A since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 92. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. This week ends the Sierra Vista Public Library's Winter Reading Challenge, entitled Where We Come From. If you've been participating, make sure you log your reading minutes and earn all of your badges by logging into the site. Then, on Friday at 1 p.m., bring the kids to attend a program about the Harlem Renaissance, where they can learn about a vibrant time in African-American culture that lasted from the 1910s until the 1930s. They'll get to explore music, art, and the works of Langston Hughes, Romare Bearden, Bessie Smith, and more. Finally, today we're remembering the life of Jerry Stafford. He was an extraordinary father, engineer, musician, and motorcyclist. Jerry was born in Phoenix in 1929 and had a happy childhood that included attending gatherings at the neighborhood house. His early education included Roosevelt Grammar School and Phoenix Union High School, creating a core group of friends that he communicated with for the rest of his life. Jerry graduated from the University of Arizona in 1964 and spent 30 years working as a civil engineer in California, Arizona, and Venezuela. He finished his engineering career working for Cochise County Floodplain Department. When he retired from engineering, he joined the Peace Corps and traveled to the Dominican Republic where he worked and lived in a remote village helping to construct a potable water system. Jerry loved music and began playing trumpet at age 12, later taking up keyboard and electric bass. While serving in the Korean War, Jerry was recruited as a musician to perform for the troops. Later, he played trumpet and bass for the Mount Sinai Baptist Church in San Diego. In Bisbee, he performed with Nancy Weaver and the Gentlemen of Jazz at Cafe Roca. The highlight of his music career was once performing live with Bo Diddley. While living in San Diego, Jerry taught a college course in music called the 12 Bar Blues. Jerry was also bilingual and taught ESL and Spanish courses. Jerry is survived by his five children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and a large extended family. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Jerry's life and service. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com.
2: It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash n-a-b-u-r.